we last had this briefing five years ago when we shed bricks in 2018. I think much of our chairship is out in the public domain. There's been several press conferences about South Africa's chairship of BRICS. You are familiar with our theme that we chose, the continuity that we seek uh, in our chairship, which started in 2013 when we chaired BRICS for the first time. Uh, cabinet was adamant that BRICS uh, taking place on the African continent can't be just about it has to encompass the development agenda of Africa. So from 2013, we started this trend of making sure that Africa's interests are also championed within the BRICS uh, grouping. And that's part of our foreign policy. One of the key pillars of our foreign policy is to champion Africa's development agenda 2063. We did that again in 2018, and that's why we chose as continuity the theme of BRICS and Africa, Partnership for Mutually Accelerated Growth, Sustainable Development, and Inclusive Multilateralism. Now, we are over midway through our chairship, and we had set out uh, hosting something like uh, 200 meetings. We have been quite successful thus far in terms of the calendar of events uh, in hosting the various meetings at various levels, ministerial, at expert level, as well as senior official level, uh, that has been taking place on all three tracks that we, uh, <clears throat> that contribute uh, to the totality of the BRICS architecture. The first track being the intergovernmental relations. That's where our ministerial expert groups meeting take place. The second track is the uh, private sector, our BRICS Business Council, the Women's Business Alliance, BRICS Think Tank Council, the Academic Forum, and track three that pertains to people-to-people -people interaction, our civil society structures uh, that, have, that are also meeting uh, shortly. So we have been, <clears throat> I think, quite comprehensive in taking forward continuity with regard to BRICS. Now, if you unpack our theme, it tells you what our priority is. And as you know, when you determine the theme during your presidency, it's done collectively. BRICS is a consensus entity. It works by consensus. And even though we are in the presidency, we, uh, after we have formulated our theme and our deliverables and priority, this is taken to our BRICS partners. And this was done in September last year. As is traditional, the incoming chair, the foreign minister on the margins of UNGA will host a foreign minister's meeting of BRICS countries where we would then put out our theme, our deliverables and priority for our chairship so that we have an interactive discussion and take on board the views of our other BRICS partners. And our theme was endorsed and so were the deliverables and priority on which we are focused. Now, partnership between Africa and, and uh, BRICS, why is it important? All four BRICS countries have strong bilateral relations with the continent. And they also have dedicated partnerships. China, the China FOCAC, the Forum on China-Africa Forum that has been there for the past two decades plus, the India-Africa Forum Summit uh, that has been there for a decade plus, the Latin America-Africa Forum that has been there for the past decade and a half. And of course, uh, shortly, the second Russia-Africa Summit is taking place uh, in, in St. Petersburg, uh, where South Africa, our president, 
So on a multi-level uh, engagement, uh, BRICS is quite involved in Africa, and South Africa felt that it's important during our chairship we use this period to also fast-track Africa's development, and our focus has been specifically on the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, and what is it that we can do jointly with BRICS in terms of uh, engagement between BRICS and the AFCTA in taking forward that agreement for the benefit of both Africa and our partners. And that's part of the vision of the uh, Agenda 2063 and AFCTA. Secondly, of course, uh, you would see that on deliverables, the Women's Business Alliance has set as one of its uh, deliverables, creating a WBA Africa platform, and that's going to be launched when the WBA has its uh, meeting uh, on the 20th and 21st of August uh, at the ICC in Durban, and that's one of the key deliverables. Some 15 African countries are attending that, so the partnership also provides this opportunity to create a platform for at least the SMME sector and women in business uh, through this uh, alliance. Also looking at setting up the BRICS Africa Just Energy Transition uh, facility that we've been talking about. As you know, the issue of, of uh, just transition in terms of energy is quite critical for all of us, and BRICS countries each have their own programs, and how is it collectively that we can cooperate in this and how is it that we can also incorporate Africa into this process? So there are other key deliverables. We will sign the customs agreement between ourselves that has been negotiated for quite some time. I was just at the youth summit that uh, started this past Monday, and uh, the youth are very keen. What we have not done within BRICS is formalize the youth stream. And under our uh, chairship, we hope to formalize this under the leadership of and the NYDA, we finalized a concept note that was approved by the Interministerial Committee about two weeks ago. That's being discussed now at the Youth Summit. And on Friday, the Youth Ministers will meet in Durban uh, under the chairship of Minister Zuma, and we are hoping that will be endorsed. So that will be another key deliverable, that we have a formalized youth track uh, within BRICS, and I think that's a very important development as well. I've spoken very uh, generally about some of the deliverables. There are uh, several others that we are busy with uh, at the moment, uh, creating the Industrial Competencies Center. We have been working with UNIDO on this for quite some time. Industrialization is key for South Africa, key for the African continent, and key for all of the BRICS countries, so a major focus on, on that as well. Also looking at uh, the future of education and what is it that we can do given the challenges of new technologies and the opportunities that it provides in terms of the future of education, especially uh, with high unemployment rates that we have amongst our youth, and what, what is it that we can do collectively in addressing both the challenges and the opportunities as BRICS countries working with the global community. Now, in terms of the summit itself, as DDG uh, Moniela pointed out, uh, there has been major focus on... South Africa's chairing of BRICS this year, sometimes for the correct reasons and sometimes for the wrong reasons. There has been major focus on two areas. Firstly, the attendance of President Putin within the context of the ICC warrant, and secondly, the discussion around BRICS expansion. Uh, there has been much focus on these two key uh, areas. 
On President Putin, as you know, the announcement was made by our president that he will not attend the summit physically, but he will attend the summit virtually. He'll be involved in all of the sessions uh, where the leaders are partaking in the uh, traditional uh, summit of BRICS leaders on the 23rd. On the 22nd when BRICS leaders, uh, of August, when BRICS leaders address the business forum, the closing plenary of the BRICS business forum, President Putin will also deliver his remarks virtually. He'll participate on the 23rd in all aspects of the summit virtually. And on the 24th in the BRICS Plus, BRICS Outreach Summit, he will also participate in that. So although uh, Minister Lavrov will be physically present, President Putin will be involved in all deliberations of the summit. Now, this is not unusual. As you know, last year at the G20 in November in Jakarta, President Putin didn't attend. Again, it was because of his consideration for the good relationship that he has with Indonesia and President uh, Vidodo. He didn't want to collapse that summit because there was a threat that if he attended the summit, Western leaders would walk out and the summit would collapse. Now, it was his consideration that he wanted uh, Indonesia to have a successful summit. He did not participate. He sent Minister Lavrov. And again, I think the agreement that we have reached as BRICS countries in terms of this challenge that we had to address as South Africa being a party to the Rome Statute and the presence of President Putin in South Africa and the arrest warrant. Our president, I think, has done extremely well. He's engaged all parties, not just President Putin. Uh, this decision wasn't taken just between President Ramaphosa and President Putin. Over the past several months, our president has engaged with all of the BRICS leaders on several occasions. He has spoken to them several times, personally, discussing this issue. As I said, BRICS is a consensus-based entity. And President Putin not being physically present in the summit impacts all the other leaders as well. And I think it shows the maturity and the strength of the partnership, that collectively we could come to a decision that, yes, President Putin understands the dilemma that South Africa faces, but he didn't want to jeopardize the summit he didn't want to create problems for South Africa. And this is the strength of BRICS cooperation, that we could have this kind of maturity and solidarity in this relationship and ensure that we have a highly successful summit in South Africa with his participation virtually and that all of the issues we have set on the agenda is discussed collectively and we are confident that the summit will, will be a, a success. There's no threat of walkout by anyone. Unlike the G20, all of the BRICS leaders will fully embrace the summit, and so will the leaders of the Global South uh, in the form of African leaders and the major uh, political heads of the Global South bodies that have been invited to attend the summit. Now, in terms of uh, the summit itself, as you know, it's being uh, held at the ICC in Santon from the 22nd to the 24th of August. On the 22nd is the business forum. The leaders will address the closing session from 2.40 to 3.40 uh, that afternoon. And that evening, uh, we will have a BRICS leaders retreat. Now, this is unique to South Africa. The only retreat that took place was in 2018 when we marked the 10th anniversary of uh, BRICS. And South Africa put on the agenda that we should review the journey we have traveled over the past decade and the way forward. 
we're doing this again uh, this year, being the 15th anniversary of summits. And BRICS is a young organization, but I think it's established itself firmly as a powerful voice of the Global South on the global stage. At the recent foreign minister's meeting that took place where some of you were present in Cape Town on the 1st of June, Indian Foreign Minister Jay Shankar pointed out that BRICS is not a new organization. It's been on the global scene and interacting on global issues for the past decade and a half. So it's firmly established. I think the important point to also remember is that the summit follows a certain pattern. So on the following the retreat on the evening of the 22nd, and there's no agenda item. It's a free discussion amongst the leaders to reflect on any issue on the global landscape. On the morning of the 23rd, the summit itself takes place starting at 10, 10 a.m. Uh, as is the traditional format, you have a closed session where just the BRICS leaders deliberate on sensitive issues and they also get a report from the chair of the National Security Advisors. In this case, South Africa's chair is Minister in Shabeni. Uh, that meeting is taking place here in Johannesburg next week, where all of the National Security Advisors are going to be present. Following the closed session, you have an open session. Now, the open session is attended also by the other entities of BRICS. We'll get a report from the BRICS Business Council on their activities and their vision for their future. The same with the Women's Business Alliance. Now, given that the WBA was only formed in 2020, this will be the first occasion for the WBA to reflect on what they have achieved and uh, the progress they are making as the Women's Business uh, Alliance. We'll also have a report from the president of the New Development Bank that is traditional, being a, a institution established uh, through the decision of the leaders. And as you know, we have a dynamic chair that has taken over the presidency of the bank recently, former President Dilma Rousseff. She's going to be present and give us an update on, on the report, on the activities of the NDB. Interestingly, two months ago when the NDB was reviewed, all of the uh, major credit rating agencies uh, did not downgrade the bank. And its ratings are, remained intact as a double A plus and triple A by the major, major rating agencies, and the bank has been, been doing very well. Uh, you'll, for the first time, we're also incorporating a report and participation of youth. Uh, it's not happened before, but we believe that we need to invest in our youth, and it's important that our youth are also party to summit proceedings. Uh, following the summit itself, there'll be a press conference, a joint press conference of all of the BRICS leaders, and the afternoon is set aside for bilateral meetings that is traditional. The evening, President Ramaphosa uh, will host a dinner, but preceding the dinner, you'll have a cultural performance at the Gallagher Estate, and thereafter a dinner. It'll be a combined dinner. The BRICS leaders together with the leaders uh, from the African continent and the global south. Now, as you know, President Ramaphosa took a decision to invite the entire African continent to the outreach uh, BRICS Plus, as well as all of the political heads of the major global South bodies like uh, your G77, NAM, uh, ASEAN, CARICOM, uh, the Pacific Island Forum, the Gulf Cooperation Council, and so forth. So it's in total about 69 leaders have been invited. So it's 
I mean, it's, this uh, BRICS summit is perhaps, it is the largest in terms of the outreach. You've never had such a large outreach. The largest outreach was again in 2018, when we had the entire SADC uh, present, as well as uh, about 10 leaders from the Global South. Uh, one may ask why this decision was taken. It's because of the representation from global leaders calling upon President Ramaphosa saying we want to be at the summit. And I think that again demonstrates the confidence, the vote of confidence that the Global South has uh, in BRICS and not just the Global South, I think you also would have seen in the public domain that President Macron has asked to attend the summit uh, as well. And BRICS has always been inclusive. Although we champion issues pertaining to the Global South and addressing the major fault lines that exist in the global geopolitical, geofinancial, and economic architecture, almost 80 years after the UN and these institutions were formed, we have never said we do not speak to the North. We engage with the global community in terms of addressing common global issues to create a more inclusive, equitable, uh, and just global order. So you can see that there's high interest in the summit and the BRICS Plus and BRICS Outreach that is set for the 24th of August starts at 9 and continues till about 4 that day, given the large number of leaders that is expected to attend. Uh, that will bring the summit to a close, so it's over a three-day period. Preceding the summit is an official visit by President Xi Jinping. As you know, we celebrate 25 years of formal diplomatic relations between China and South Africa this year, so it's an appropriate opportunity to celebrate uh, that milestone. And post-summit on the 25th, there's an official visit with Prime Minister Modi, because we also celebrate 30 years of formal diplomatic relations with India, and that's also an occasion to reflect on the strong relations we have also with India. Colleagues, I think uh, that's been a very broad sweep of the issues. Very quickly on expansion, because I know you're going to ask questions on expansion. Now, the issue of expansion was put on the table by South Africa for the first time. As you know, we are the first beneficiary of the expansion of BRICS. We were not there when BRICS was founded at summit level in 2009, when the first summit was held in Yekaterinburg in, in Russia. Now we were there the following year when the second summit was held in Brasilia. But South Africa felt that we should be part of this configuration. And us joining BRICS, enrich BRICS, as much as we benefited, BRICS also benefited, because you could not have a global South body that excludes the African continent and expect to be effective. And I think BRICS realized that, and that is why they invited South Africa uh, at the end of 2010 to join uh, as a full member of BRICS, and we did so when we attended the Sanya Summit in March 2011 in China. Now, in 2018, we put out a concept note to our BRICS uh, member states to say perhaps we need to look at BRICS expansion because this knocking at the door of BRICS is nothing new. Uh, it has been there over the years where countries have been formally approaching us saying they want to become BRICS members. But at this summit, the BRICS leaders decided that we needed to consolidate it further, the grouping uh, and the cooperation between ourselves before we look at expansion. But last year under China's chairship, uh, at the foreign minister's meeting in May last year, the foreign ministers raised the issue of expansion and they had an initial discussion. And at the summit in June last year, the virtual summit under China's chairship, paragraph 73 of the Beijing Declaration 
specifically speaks to expansion where it states we should start discussions around BRICS expansion and we should look at developing guiding principles, standard criteria and procedure for expansion through the Sherpa track. So that was a mandate given to Sherpas and when ministers met in New York in September last year, they had an initial discussion and urged us to continue the work uh, tasked to us by summit last year. When we took over the chairship in January this year, we placed a great deal of emphasis on the task given to Sherpas around expansion, and we had several meetings at the level of uh, Sherpa, and Mr. Jobe in the back, yeah, the Sioux Sherpa, shared several meetings. When the ministers met on the 1st of June, I provided an update on where we are in terms of this discussion. They were not satisfied satisfied with the progress we made and they asked us to convene a special Sherpa meeting before mid-July and finish our work. We did that two weeks ago in Durban. We convened a Sherpa meeting where all countries were present and we did get consensus on the four areas we were tasked to discuss. That has been now taken to our foreign ministers and this afternoon Minister Panda will chair a virtual meeting of foreign ministers to reflect on our recommendations around the four areas of uh, guiding principles, standard criteria and procedure, and the larger question of modalities of expansion. So we'll await uh, further uh, direction in terms of, of what is happening around expansion. 22 countries have formally approached BRICS countries to become full members of BRICS. There's an equal number of countries that have been informally asking about becoming BRICS members. And I think this again demonstrates, as I said earlier on, the confidence that BRICS, the BRICS leadership uh, has shown over the past 15 years since it, it came into being at summit level. Uh, DDG, I think I will leave it here. Yeah, they, they are all the major uh, global south countries like Argentina. I mean, they, they cover all, all the regions of the world from Latin America to uh, the Middle East, to Asia as a whole, uh, Europe as well. And uh, of course, uh, I think uh, there's no area of the world where a country has not formally asked. Uh, from the Middle East, the major Middle Eastern countries like Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, UAE have, have asked to become a member countries uh, like Bangladesh was already a, a member of the NDB. As you know, we admitted four members to the NDB as, as full members in 2021. Uh, so the, the list is in the public domain, but they all the major players are from the global south, they're quite weighty countries. And I should point out that BRICS is not a counterweight to the G7. As sometimes we read in the press that we are a counterweight, that we're in competition. BRICS was never created to compete against anyone. BRICS was created as a positive force for global good. Thank you.